Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with Faye Valentine and my Valentine and other big titty girls in anime. I'm Adrian, as always, here with Paul. Let's get Big Factin'. Let's get No Cappin'. Adrian, I know we usually save Media Roundup for later, but can I start with something that's got me What's really What's the psyched? deal with the share button on Pornhub? Who's sharing <laughs> porn videos? I think you're the first person to do that observation. <laughs> now, what were you saying? You got a Media Roundup? Yeah. My life is about to get a lot better. Just finished the last Topo Chico hard seltzer in my fridge. Uh, if anybody ever leaves some of this bullshit at my place again, I'm throwing it away. I know I, I know I don't care for food waste, but I can't do this again where it takes me five months to empty my fridge of this bullshit hard seltzer that I hate. Didn't you have it in your garage? I did for a while, and then I was like, I should drink this at some point, so I put it in the fridge, and then I just was drinking mm-hmm. them so slowly, like the six I had. Mm-hmm. You really don't like them that much? Yeah, I do not enjoy them. Do you hate all hard seltzers, though, or do you just hate Topo Chico? I think Topo Chico just goes down bad for me. The flavor isn't nice. I don't really know, because the whole point of their mineral water is that it's actually quite good. It's got, like, a nice minerally taste, but I don't think that lends itself to a hard seltzer of strawberry guava or lemon lime or whatever. Yeah, this one is exotic pineapple. I mean, how exotic could that pineapple be? It really brings you to, uh, what's, what's that thing from history where, like, when pineapples were first introduced to Europe, it was, like... 400 bucks for a pineapple because <laughs> they like, were so hard to grow <laughs> i don't like that they're exoticizing themselves for the western gaze this mineral water that reminds me when i was watching or it was like one of my first interactions with some people in grad school and uh bizarre foods was on and i mentioned something about not believing in otherizing food and they're like oh yeah that's a good point i've never heard that <laughs> word before but i like it <laughs> <laughs> it is fun to say something you don't believe around white people and just watch them agree <laughs> you don't believe that Otherize, what was it? What was it? Otherizing other foods? Yeah, Bizarre. Otherizing people's foods, yeah. I guess so. Here's my impression of a white person seeing an exotic food, like a <laughs> pineapple that's exotic for the first time. <laughs> what, what, what? That fruit has hair. What? That pineapple looks like Bart Simpson if his hair was green. I ain't eating that. I've seen pine trees. I've seen apples. I don't know how them two got together and had a baby that looked like that. I'll eat a Honeycrisp, I'll eat a Gala, I'll even eat a Granny Smith every now and then, but a pineapple? You want me to do what? <laughs> That's my impression of uh, a white person seeing an exotic pineapple. You can tell how the Europeans that discovered pineapples did not go very far in their like imagination. They were like, yeah, that's a pine cone in an apple. Good enough. Yeah, isn't that what uh, like the French word for a potato is just like earth apple? Oh, uh, really? Yeah, like pomme de terre or whatever. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a French word for everything. Their word for human is like talking apple. Their word for car is like moving <laughs> apple. Light bulb is just a uh, electric <laughs> apple. It's just a lot of portmanteaus, a little clumsy portmanteaus. <laughs> all right, all right, Scott Ackerman, get out of here. Bring back Adrian. How do you feel about this whole uh, Netflix is uh, cracking down on password sharing? Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. They're just going to lose me as a viewer. I I don't watch that much stuff on Netflix. I don't really need to see season two of Squid Games. They're just going to... I mean, I guess I wasn't paying anyway, so it doesn't matter. But like, uh, I'm good. I'm not going to end up paying. Phil called me today to ask me how I felt about it. And I was like, I don't have Netflix anymore. And he was like, I gave you my login. And I was like, oh, I haven't used it at all. (laughs) I don't remember you doing that. But I guess I only have a month left to use it. Do you think Phil felt like a hero for a while? He was like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Phil was just, uh, he was just like, oh, I really helped out a poor, I, I really helped out a poor Hispanic boy today. I don't think he felt uh, like a hero. I think he felt even because I've shared my Paramount Plus with him so many times and I've asked for his HBO and he's like, it's not mine to give. It's 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 Mandy's dad's. <laughs> I can't give it to you. And then once I quit Netflix, he was like, you can have my Netflix. If HBO cracked down on it, I think I probably would pay for HBO. Really? Is it worth it? Yeah, I, I really like even without all the shows. cartoons, even without all the Cartoon Network shows. Mm. 
I would pay for a Hulu when the next season of Rami came out, and then probably never again. I like how you act like you're not watching every season of Dave, too, when they're coming out. (laughs) Yeah, you know I'm keeping up with all the ups and downs of Dave's career and Dave. Yeah, the, the life and times of being a white boy rapper. Man, it's so funny when he points out how, like, uh, something about deodorant and black people wearing deodorant and it shows up. That's so funny, man. Also, I think I've said this before we started recording, but you had a squeaky chair last week and I asked you about getting WD-40 someone as a joke because I assumed you wouldn't actually go out and do it. And now I see it in your background, just Chekhov's (laughs) WD-40. Yeah, just right there on your We had it in the house, actually. Oh, nice. Mm, Okay. Let's see. I hit you with the like banal bullshit that I was uh, gonna bring in just for conversation starters, but uh, I did. So my indoor game on Monday got canceled ten minutes before the game started, while I was already there. So that was a bummer. But in preparation for that game, I went and played pickup indoor on Friday, which was fun, but also horrible to uh, jump back into exercise and soccer by playing two hours of really intense indoor with only one sub for two hours. But it was cool. I got, I got, uh, I had to like find some other people who needed a team because I went with just one other friend. And so we had to get five people together. So we were playing with some uh, Indian dudes and some Middle Eastern dudes. They were really cool. They're really nice too. It's one of those things where like for stuff like that, it's super 50 50, whether or not you're going to end up with shitty people who are just kind of like overly competitive or just kind of dickheads or something like that. And they were all really nice. You were like, Oh, I just thought all Arabs were like Paul. This is a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, the uh, the Afghan dude brought his kids, too, because like the two hours before the two hours of adult pickup or, or like kid pickup um, and his kid did the little Ronaldo celebration for for, uh, for us whenever I asked him about him wearing a Real Madrid jersey. It was really cute. What's the uh, Ronaldo celebration? It's where he jumps and does like the cross arm like that thing. And then he says, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a very famous me from the soccer world. It's actually... Uh, when I was talking to my undergrad about soccer, he was like, that's the only thing I know about it is the is the suit. <laughs> um, what does that mean in Portuguese? I have no, I don't, I think he made it up. It, it's proprietary, uh, I believe. I thought Sue was like their version of like, yippee Yeah, it was like, uh, boom, boom, shoot him up. <laughs> that's what it means. <laughs> um, but the only other notable thing was that uh, there were like referees who like, aren't like refereeing each game. They're just going around and being like, okay, time's up. Move on to your next game. Oh, I guess that is worth noting is that it did feel a little bit like an anime. So the way that it works on Friday nights, it's a huge indoor uh, soccer field. It felt a little bit like an anime, as in Adrian was horny the whole time. Exactly. I had a nosebleed the whole time. (laughs) So there are nine numbered fields, and you start off on a field, and if you lose your game, you go the number down, and if you win your game, you go the number up. Oh, that is really cool. Yeah, I love that. Because we were just a ragtag group of people, most of whom admitted, like, yeah, I haven't played in a while and I'm really out of shape. We went, we started on field four and we ended the night on field nine, the last field (laughs) that you could possibly be on. And we lost every single game. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, But one of the things that they do is like every 10 minutes, they like say, okay, you know, time to quit your game. Make sure you keep your score, figure out who won, who lost. And there was one time where there was a team that wasn't supposed to be on a field um and one of the like ladies who's like refereeing or officiating goes over and in spanish because they're all latino dudes she starts telling them like you have to get off the field or whatever and they do that thing where they act like they don't understand her spanish and so she's like i don't know what it looks like but i'm mexican i know spanish <laughs> and i was like lady you are so white i would not have guessed that you are mexican <laughs> like i don't know why you're mad at them i feel like they made the correct assumption but um they eventually got off the field but i did just love that one little moment of like Lady, I don't know what you think you look like, but, and also, like, I understood your Spanish, but not, like, totally. <laughs> uh, it wasn't, like, particularly good Spanish. Um, but, yeah, that was weird just Whoa, to see. that's kind of, insic- uh, come on, Adrian, your Spanish isn't that good for you to be throwing this shade around. But I'm not going around speaking Spanish to people to yell at them instead of assuming they know English and being <laughs> like, girl, I don't know what it looks like, but I'm Guatemala, okay? <laughs> uh, it was just weird to someone just like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw up my insecurities at everyone else right now. <laughs> was she actually like a Puerto Rican from Brooklyn or are you just giving her that accent or was that no, a put on No, she had a little bit of stank part? on her. Yeah, yeah, she had some stank. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, she's a white lady though. <laughs> <laughs> she was acting like the police too. Exactly. Uh, like the dang police. 
And then, oh, the only other thing is I watched this horror movie. Have you heard about this? Uh, it's like an indie thing. It's called Mind Goblin. No. Um, Instead of watching Mandy, you watched, oh my. God. Yeah, yeah. Do you even care was, about the recommendations I give you? Well, I was wondering if you had, uh, if you had heard of it, because I was wondering if you Mind Goblin these nuts. <laughs> no, nah, I don't actually have anything that I watched. Wait, so week, Mind Goblet isn't a real movie? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> Next thing you're going to be telling me is that Put of These Balls isn't a real movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I did mean to watch Mandy at some point, and I should, um, but I didn't get around to it. Didn't even go to Cheap Movie Tuesday this week. You know, it's been a little bit busy. Cool, 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 cool. Should we get into the theme? All right. The Game of Love. Love, a disease as old as society. Love, the opiate of the people. Love, a boy's downfall, a man's strength. Mm, I don't think I'm going to top that. The theme isn't love, though. The theme is Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah. Was like love sprinkled in. Like, I didn't do a Valentine's Day article. I did an article about love. Yeah, that's true. I just kind of did a relationship article. I mean, we, we're we basing this for our Valentine's Day heads out there, but... Yeah, we're going to be a little bit early. The theme is love. Are you looking forward to Valentine's Day? You know my girlfriend listens to this podcast. I can't just be out here like, nah, fuck her. Yeah, you could be like, nah, every day is Valentine's Day for me the way I treat her. Ooh, that's true. That's true. I don't need a holiday to treat my woman right. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. I'd take her to... What's the fancy place you wanted to take me? The Tabernacle? <laughs> Tootie, tootie, Root and Tootie John's. Rooty Tootie John's. <laughs> the best restaurant in Charlotte. Rooty Tootie John's. No, what was it? It was like Townsmith? Townsmith. How long are you going to let me keep guessing? Shut up. Man. <laughs> You're right. It, you got it right the first time. It was the Tabernacle. Oh, okay. I was like, that's a venue in Atlanta. I don't think that's right here. No, the Crunkle did. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that's so different. <laughs> I don't know why, though. It kind of made sense in my head. <laughs> yeah, right? Okay, cool. I'm glad you could see where my thinking was. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to Valentine's Day this year. Isn't it Valentine's Day for you because you don't care that you're single? No, no, no. For me, it's Champions League, baby. Our first match against Tottenham in the round of 16 is on Valentine's Day. Oi, you're playing them Tottenham boys. Mm-hmm. And it's like, lads, it's Tottenham. Can't go in scared even though we're terrible right now. But other than that, even when I was in relationships, I didn't celebrate Valentine's Day. Okay, we get it. It's just a consumerist holiday invented by the man. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, I've, uh, I, I enjoy it. I mean, as much as I enjoy, like, ever going to, like, a nice restaurant and having a good conversation with the person I love, Adrian. You don't think about sometimes just going to Korea where uh, they have Valentine's Day, but it's the opposite where women have to ask men out and do stuff for them, and it's, like, in October or whatever? Let me tell you, Adrian, I think about disappearing into into the mountains of Tibet every, every goddamn day of my life. <laughs> yeah, I feel you, brother. Of becoming a, of becoming a sheep herder out mm. in the Mongolian plains. I can see you doing that. I know, right? Nah, but what else? What else about love? What else about uh, relationships? What else about uh, amore? Do you have any uh, favorite love songs, Paul? No. Wow. It's a cold-hearted answer. Mm, the one the villain from Coco sings at the beginning of the movie, but it turns out the main character's dad wrote. Ooh, okay. I can tell how much you like it by not knowing the name of it. <laughs> Do you have a favorite love song, Adrian? Um, ooh, I don't know if I listen to a lot of music that's about like actively being in love. Uh, Wet Dreams by... Wet J. Cole? J. Cole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like most of the love songs I can think of are like sad boy love songs. They're like, hey, it's not working out right now. All right, we're about at that time. Unless you have any final thoughts on uh, love, do you want to hop into my article? Any thoughts on love? Uh, we both come from families of non-divorced parents. <laughs> Father and Adrian's parents love each other. <laughs> Wait, not each other? They're not like swingers? I mean, each of our individual <laughs> set of parents are in love. All right, cool. Do you want to go first or second for articles? I'll go first. Okay. Actually, I'll go second. All right. So I'm bringing in something from, I think, episode two or three that I haven't brought in since. 
Uh, this is Meredith Goldstein's uh, love letters, so it's all specifically a love-based column. Wait, is she a Bernstein bear or Bernstein bear? She's Bernstein, Bernstein, Bernstein. She's, she's a Steen. She's Steen. Okay. I think since we try and stick clear of relationship advice most of the time, I haven't brought her in in a long time, but she's making her return uh, after two years or something, I guess. I forgot how long we've been doing this. Uh, and this is about one thing that I love a lot, grilled cheese. Paul, do you like grilled cheese? Or do you love grilled cheese? Or do you gotta have grilled cheese? I, I really like grilled cheese. Hell yeah, man. But do you love grilled cheese? I do love grilled cheese. Okay. A disclaimer from Meredith. When this letter arrived in my love letter's inbox, it was too risque to post on boston.com. We're a family website, after all. But because I believe the reader's question is valid and worthy of our discussion, I've decided to post it, with all the writer's R-rated phrases replaced by my G-rated euphemisms. I'm asking that you use my euphemisms in your comments so I can post them. I love a good euphemism, don't you? So this is actually a two-part question where we're going to bring in two topics. Maybe I'll only read one of the answers. Um, But it's part of the grilled cheese uh, series in Love Letters. Um, So we're going to read both. But here's the first question. It's pretty quick. I am a 30-year-old male. I have been dating a wonderful woman for two and a half years. I would describe everything about her as perfect, except for one thing. She absolutely refuses to make me a grilled cheese sandwich. Now, I want her to ask her to marry me, but the thought of going the rest of my life without receiving grilled cheese sandwiches is definitely a worry. I fear I may resent her eventually, or possibly feel the need to go seek grilled cheese sandwiches out somewhere else when enough time has passed. It's already been two and a half years since I experienced a grilled cheese sandwich. It is starting to consume my thoughts. I don't know if this one thing is enough to be a deal breaker. Everything else is perfect. I don't know what to do. Needing grilled cheese sandwich from Boston. Blowjob or anal? (laughs) The first one. Obviously the first one. Um, do you want me to go ahead and read the second question, too, so we can just talk about all of it? You know, can I just mention that that was an episode of something that they said in Friends that got me as a kid because I didn't know what they were. They were like, oh, today I was walking through the park and I saw two people having sex and somebody made a joke about them having a kid. And she was like, not how these people were doing it. As a kid, I was mm. like, huh, I wonder what that means. And now as an adult, I'm not what I'm still wondering what it means, but I'm wondering BJ or anal. That's just, that's always, that's kind of the game show that you've been cooking up for a long time in your head, because it just applies to so many different things. Okay, but yeah, let's hear the next question. Okay. This question is called, how do you count grilled cheese? I'm sure you've addressed this in the past, but I'd like to know you and your readers' opinions. In fact, I'd like to take a survey, and I can assure all readers this is a true situation. The background. I've been with my girlfriend for almost three years. We're both around 50. Everything is pretty good. Early in our relationship, she was doing online dating. In the year before we met, she said she had met up with about 30 guys. She also confessed to having sex with a third of them. This was a shock to me. I'm an old-fashioned guy, but we got through it. Well, fast forward and we were having another discussion regarding what I believe you and your column calls a grilled cheese. She says that a grilled cheese is not sex. Thank you, Bill Clinton. Like I said, I'm an old-fashioned guy and say that it is. Obviously, this now makes me wonder what went on with these other 20 guys. She won't respond. Of course, when I swap things around and ask how she'd felt if I had been with 20 women, I get no response. So I'm really confused. Do your readers consider a grilled cheese sandwich as two people having sex? I will be compiling the results of the feedback slash survey. Paul, any questions about that one? Um, no, but it does clear up the first one. Definitely about BJ's. Can I just say another media roundup? Uh, Out for Smokes, Mike Racine's podcast just had a great episode on uh, asking for body counts. Mm, I really don't like that term, but I guess we'll get into that in this episode. Well, let's jump into it then. You don't believe in the uh, concept of what is or isn't sex, right? Because I feel like I've heard you say that before. Like blowjob, like the distinction between- No, I don't think that's one of my things. Sorry, Yeah, body count just sounds like incel language. I guess, but it, it's common enough that everybody uses it. Kind of just seems like what the word we have well, for that. You know, I'm willing to challenge the status quo, but I guess you aren't. Fair enough. I think Dora Lee has mentioned before that she doesn't. She thinks virginity is like a social construct, which I guess it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, really quick. That's okay. So you know how I once brought in the fact that Dora Lee thought um, Colin Kaepernick's name when she brought him up was Colton Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Specifically in the context of, like, the Black Lives Matter stuff and how funny that was. Today she was talking about, like, I was looking for pants at thrift stores and, like, 
I couldn't find any that fit me because there are these stores where like they'll say that they're one size, but they aren't like Abercrombie and Holocauster. <laughs> no. <laughs> she did not call it a Holocauster. <laughs> yeah, she did. Oh my god. Um, okay, yeah. So wait, do you want to tackle the first question about grilled cheese missing from your relationship, or do you want to go straight into body counts and grilled cheese? I think we can do both of them. I, do you feel like we need to segment this? I guess so. Well, just like chronological order. It seemed like you wanted to go into body counts first. Uh, you asked them both, so kind of just assumed we were going to go. All right, let's chop it up. I, uh, I once, um, was talking to a person, I think because she was making me watch the Clerks movie. And the first Clerks movie specifically has a bit about whether or not you count blowjobs in your uh, your count of people you've slept with. Um, yeah. So the only notable thing about that conversation was like, here's my number. But if you count the blowjobs, it's like double or whatever. And I Ooh, was like, oh, you've okay. asked for body counts or she offered it up? She was the one talking about it. I don't really ask. I want to know how this conversation started because this guy, I hate it when people purposefully try some to find something to annoy themselves. He shouldn't be annoyed mm-hmm. by it, obviously, but it would add an extra layer of like, oh my god, what a bullshit person if he was like specifically asked her how many people she had sex with just to be like, Brr. I mean, assuming that, you know, all the STI stuff is out of the way and you guys have gone through all that or whatever. Yeah, sex it safety. doesn't sound like that's his issue. Let's not give him credit for something that's clearly not the thing. No, I play. think it rarely is. Yeah. Oh, there's a couple of other things that this makes me think of in media. Um. One of them is the episode of Will and Grace where she starts dating Woody Harrelson and they start talking about how many people they slept with. Uh, and Grace has slept with way more women than he has. He slept with only like three women. And then someone brings up the point of like, well, how many times have you guys had sex? And so his number's like astronomically larger than hers. And Karen just points out and like, oh, so people like having sex with him. <laughs> <laughs> but this this person from the advice column. Yes. Uh, These two dudes. Yeah. I would say that in my conception of sex, blowjobs do count as sex, but I also mm. wouldn't really ask somebody to count and tell me. So it's like the counting part of like discrete sex acts that's more like, I don't know, a little <laughs> odd. We're not this type of podcast, man. We're getting so gross. Um, that's We have the euphemisms here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Grilled cheese. Man, I'm already so bad at thinking about things. If we were using the euphemisms, I would get lost. I would start thinking we're talking like, about grilled wait, but cheese. But if there's like, if there's something else in it, then it's a melt. How many melts have I gotten? And then like... Oh, <laughs> uh, so a I melt I like my grilled is, cheeses cut diagonally. That sounds gross. A melt is anal. I get it now. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Talking about the show being gross, you're the only one who's brought up anal so far. <laughs> so far. Adrian, what do you call it when somebody's like really particular about organization and maybe a little fussy to other people about it? They're being persnickety. Uh huh. Yep. That's. And maybe they could also call it. I mean, how anal am I going to be when I aim my gun? Oh, and I'm the only person who brought up anal. Look at you, Adrian. I was bringing up Frank Ocean. He brought up anal. <laughs> when it's three on one. They thought me soft in high school. Thank God I'm jagged. Forgot you don't like it rough. I mean, he called me a faggot. I was just calling his bluff. I mean, how anal am I gonna be when I'm aiming my gun? And why's his mug all bloody? That was a three on one. Stands in ovation at Staples. I got my Grammys in gold. That's a good song. All right, do you actually want to answer the questions in any kind of capacity? Or? The second one, I feel like he needs to... I think blowjobs are sex. I get people have the distinction, but he needs to get over how many times his wife has had sex. He's being ridiculous. It's actually very funny. How old did he say he was? 50? Mm-hmm. It's incredible that he's just Girlfriend, now not, learning... Uh, wife. Oh. Um, They've only been together for three years. It's incredible that a 50-year-old would be acting like this. I feel like that's something you get out of your system at, like, 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have met young dudes who were really into this question or whatever, and I thought it was kind of lame, where they are like, or, uh, that was kind of stupid or whatever. Oh, God, there's not a non-ableist way to say this. Hold on. That I thought was kind of, um, annoying how much they were particular, they were preoccupied with this question. Because mm. it also, Which a lot man? of times it manifested Hunter? in... What a weird no, way I, to I say Hunter. Would, wouldn't he? Because it does manifest in a very um, 
oftentimes is like a what do you call it advice column type question where they're like yeah i really like this girl we get along really well i'm like head over heels for her but i found out she had sex with two dudes already like i can't have i can't date her and i'm like (laughs) really that's crazy yeah you're right there's as for uh, as far as horny teenage boys go there's two types there's the one that you're talking about like that um and there's the other horny brain thing where it's like wait she's had sex with three guys that means she'll definitely have sex with me She'll have sex with anybody. <laughs> the like, what a what a hussy! I better get in there. She's just handing out. She's just handing out left, right, and center. There aren't three guys who are better than me on this planet, so I I gotta be up in this. Wait, you're telling me in the bathroom at Mount during? Okay, if she's Whoa. doing it there. She'll do it. With Why anybody. would you reference someone who's dead now? <laughs> Wait, she's dead now? No, he is. Oh. I don't have. It's, what's funny is that the woman in that story also had i saw her do a, an open mic where she talked about giving a, a blowjob to a libertarian dude okay what was the first question would you marry someone if they don't give you grilled cheeses would you marry someone if, i guess it depends how important it is for you it seems like this guy's preoccupied on it yeah it seems like it's really haunting his dreams i mean i i don't know i don't know it's not like I don't know if it'd be a deal breaker for me, to be honest. I've never had to worry about it before, I guess. Um, I know I had a friend in high school who had two girlfriends in a row who he told me both of them didn't give grilled cheeses. And I was like, damn, that's bad luck. I'm just getting hand jibbers all the time. But was that like a Christian thing? Uh, no. Ah, oh, okay. I mean, they were doing stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. So tackling the first question, definitive answer, would you marry someone if they don't give you grilled cheeses? Or what should this person marry their person? Since they're preoccupied on it now, I feel like it's going to fester and grow. It seems like something. I mean, it sounds like he's using this as like a paper trail to be like, if I cheat in five years, I was the one saying, (laughs) like, I was thinking about it. I was trying to avoid it. Yeah, I think no is the answer. Mm. Oh, God, you know what would make me incredibly uncomfortable? If this was a problem for me, have you ever like seen, I guess this is something I only know from movies because they're, maybe it's like Meet the Fockers where somebody's like, does somebody's mom become like a sex therapist or something like that? One of our friends? No, no, no. Meet the Fockers, the mom. The movie hmm. Meet the Fockers. Oh, I don't know that movie. No. I think it's like a bit from media, but it must be a real job. I think if somebody was like, this is a big problem yeah, for me that this thing isn't happening in the bedroom, we have to see a sex therapist, that would be like, <sighs> that would be like, that That would be the boss level of my life to have to <laughs> see a sex therapist. I, I don't know, man. Sounds mm. like the most uncomfortable thing in the world. Mm. You know, some people need a mediator. I guess so, but ugh. I mean, doesn't that seem like ripe for exploitation where you pretend you like rent out an office building and have your friend who she doesn't know pretend to be a sex therapist and be like, I mean, sometimes you just got to put it in there a little bit, you know? Sometimes you got to just do a little licking. Oh, you think the husband is going to is gonna find a <laughs> sex therapist who specializes in gaslighting women? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it shows how your mind works. I would have never thought of that as an option. Well, I'm creative. <laughs> I come up with creative solutions. You have always been more left brain. I think this is too blue to bring up. Uh, is there anything to bring up about reciprocating? I mean, I think sex is always uh, being genuine. I feel like it's always between two people and like their preferences. There's no that real- is not true. Sometimes it's three people. Sometimes <laughs> it's like six people. <laughs> but okay, commonly, <laughs> sex is about who's in the room and your preferences and choices together. There's no right or wrong way to do it. That's beautiful, man. Okay, there's a couple wrong ways to do it, specifically non-consensually. That's one of the wrong ways. But outside of a few pretty simple-to-remember rules, it really is just kind of about vibing together. Mm. I feel like I've gotten too genuine. Let's. Uh, yeah, what's the craziest place you've ever gotten a grilled cheese? Oh, I don't have a good answer to that. Very tame. How about you? Um, Paul's spare bedroom. <laughs> Uh, no, nah, no. Nah. Real answer is a blueberry patch. Mmm. Was your dick blue afterwards because she'd been eating the blueberries? Oh, you know what? This might be a, a slightly fruitful area of conversation before we get to the other question. Um, code names for things. Mm. Did you ever do that for anything sexual? Or There's two in my mind. Or both are from younger, embarrassing years. But um, one is Phil's parents actively read his texts. So we had to use code names for everything that we did in terms of drugs. 
So like we used like uh, I think Hunter might have influenced this too, where like Coke Zero was weed. I think we also did a weird thing where like Assassin's Creed was like mushrooms, so it wasn't even like a consistent like category of things. Yeah, but that makes sense. If they're like, wait, why would they bring over Assassin's Creed? Why would they bring over Coke and, <laughs> and Coke Sprite? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. <laughs> to a party. Yeah. But if you're like, bring over the Coke and Assassin's Creed, they'd be like, they're going to have a great slumber party. They're, they're going to have a great yeah. night together. Um, And then the other one was in middle school and high school, or I guess just middle school, because that's when I was friends with him. Uh, in middle school with Ben Schaefer, we always referred to our crushes over text and in person by a, uh, a, a beverage, too. Mm. So I wouldn't say like Phil's mom. I would say like orange juice. Yeah, that is very cringy. I mean, I get why you do it as a kid. I think freshman year at college. I was just trying to protect my feelings. Freshman year at college, we used to do that to talk about people in public while they were around. We would have nicknames for people, but it also... You didn't choose like a random celebrity? I was going to say, it definitely was also for guys, too. It's definitely for people mm. that others were into. But yeah, we, we would have we'd have code names for people in the dorm that we wanted to talk about while they were around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Do you want to give a direct answer to the second column and then maybe read one of the answers? Yeah, so give a direct answer. Yeah, I think I think you got to... If you're a braver man than me, maybe you could think about finding a, a sex counselor, a couple's sex counselor. Oh, no, this is for the counting grilled cheese guy. Oh, yeah, he's bullshit. He needs to get over that. And I agree. I think his stupid little survey would not convince me as a partner, because I think, as you said earlier, right on the dot, it really doesn't matter what the consensus or general opinion on something is. What matters is what you and your partner are comfortable with. Although the fact that she won't say what went on with the other 20 guys she met up with makes me think that it's a uh, burnt grilled cheese, you know what I mean? <laughs> no. That's anal. I thought we already agreed that that was us. Belt. <laughs> I don't think we agreed on that. I don't agree on that language. I remember us agreeing on that. I couldn't hear you actually whispering that time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, let's see. Let me scan through this first one. Oh, they're both pretty short. Um, have you talked to this woman about why she's so opposed to the grilled cheese? I like how neither of us started with that assumption. We were both like, let's just assume she doesn't want to do it. And then oh, you said, oh, you're right. He probably has a smelly dick. Oh, is that what you were saying? I was thinking it was more like trauma related. And I was like, maybe don't go down that rabbit hole. Maybe just respect people's boundaries. Uh, <laughs> well, we took that too. I like how you were just like, smelly dick. <laughs> smelly dick. Smelly dick. You got a smelly dick. <laughs> um, do her reasons seem valid and specific? Past trauma, health issues, etc. Is there any room for negotiation? Has she always been opposed to grilled cheese, or is it just specific to you and your smelly ass dick? <laughs> uh, you must tell her the lack of grilled cheese is standing in the way of your commitment. I know it's difficult to say, it sounds so petty and selfish, but I'm here to tell you it's a valid concern. You've probably heard it before, but disagreements about sex and money are usually what end relationships. If you're resenting her now, fast forward 10 years, it will get worse. Grilled cheese sandwiches are awesome, especially with tomato and fancy cheese like brie. But some people would rather eat them than make them, and some people are allergic to them and can't go near them. Okay. So she's saying she should deep throat him. Interesting. But you're not allergic. You like them a lot. If your girlfriend can't come up with a grilled cheese compromise, yes, to quote the wise Liz Lemon, this may be a deal breaker, ladies. Alright, and to the second guy, there are many ways to enjoy sexual activity. Grilled cheese, as we've called it here back in 2009, uh, because I wasn't sure the Globe would allow me to post on that on their website, is one of them. When we limit the definition of sex to a specific kind of intercourse, it's pretty heteronormative. We didn't even bring up that point. That's pretty good. That is very obvious and true. Also, I forgot to bring up that point that I think I've done on podcasts before, but the uh, hilarity with which Drake and Josh they would use the language of like, I hooked up with that girl and what they meant was like, I kissed her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I always felt that funny. That's what uh, Izzy, as somebody who goes to Notre Dame, calls a uh, Notre Dame hookup. Because it's a Catholic school, so when she said somebody hooked up, it's making out. Oh, I thought it meant anal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that's not why you want your girlfriend to expand her view of sex, right? You're not looking to broaden her definition to be more inclusive. You're just upset that she's had plenty of it. This is all about judgment. You're looking to punish your girlfriend for her sexual past, but I'm not sure why. Do you want her to pretend to be sorry about her choices? If so, examine that. 
That would be nice. I, I like it when people have to pretend to be sorry about something. I'm a little bit of a, I like throwing around a bad attitude sometimes. Why this uh, advice column that's making it seem like such a bad thing to just be a little bit of a whiny bitch? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm real sorry. Why do you believe she should feel remorse? Maybe this is about you needing to know that you're different than her other partners. If that's the case, please remember that she's been showing up for you for three years. What she has with you is unique. You say you're an old-fashioned guy. I encourage you not to be. Your girlfriend is a grown-up who's lived her life. Her experiences, whether they add up to 10 or 30, led her to be a pretty good partner to you. Stop counting and surveying and let it go. All right. That's it for I me. can concur. Two good answers. Okay. Good on Meredith. Maybe we should bring her in more often. I'm also bringing in somebody that we haven't brought in for a while, Adrian. So, an early favorite of the pod, dear Wendy, and she always answers relationship columns, that's her forte. So, I have brought her in for this column about love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have months to live, should I have an affair with my first love while I still can. Sylvia and I first met when I was 11 and she was 19. She was my friend's older sister. I was a precociously bright child, and she was always kind to me, never condescending. I came from a broken home and her family sort of adopted me. By the time I was 15, I realized what an incredible woman she was. I fell madly, romantically in love on top of the familial sort of bond we had. Of course, there could be no reciprocations, so I kept it to myself. When I was 23, her marriage failed. I should have tried to date her then, but I just thought that she was out of my league, so beautiful and sophisticated, I had nothing to offer. So I went into the world to seek my fortune. I married unsuccessfully, divorced, drifted, lost for a while. I met my second wife by chance, was married to her for many years, and raised our son with her. Then I was diagnosed with a terminal illness, given a three to five year expectancy at age 45. I became completely disabled at 47, and now at 50, my life expectancy is a few months. I'm still married to my second wife, and I love her as much as ever. She's a wonderful woman who doesn't deserve to be hurt. I'm completely honest with her and trying not to hurt her. I still love Sylvia, with the same intensity and desire. It's not something I can turn off. As I learn more about what her experiences have been, we draw closer together. We were simply made for one another. Even if she didn't love me back, I would always love her. I would just express it in the sibling relationship terms. I have dreamed that she won me also. I never dreamed we could be. And now it's too late for anything but a moment. A memory. But we must fulfill our destiny. She finally said to me, I love you. After 30 years of waiting, it's the peace my soul needed. This is the truest of true love. What do you think, Wendy? Uh, wait, so that did happen or that didn't happen? I guess it did happen. Because it didn't, yeah, that was a weird, that was a weird jump. I didn't get, hold on, narratively. Should he have an affair with her? That's the, I have months to live. Should I have an affair with my first love while I still can? Hmm. They must fulfill destiny. If it makes anybody who just heard that feel better, this does feel like a college writing assignment more than a real thing. That's true. But, assuming it is real, Adrian, do you have this, do you have like a beautiful romance that's been intertwining your life from childhood until adulthood? Yeah, you know I'm a slumdog millionaire. Yeah. Do you have a slumdog millionaire girl? Yeah. Okay. Where's she right now? Minneapolis. Um, no, what do you think? <sighs> a real doozy for the wife who stood by you. Yeah. For these five years of terminal illness to just up in the last months be like, this has been great, but I'm going to spend these last couple of months with Sylvia. Mm. How do you even coordinate that? What does it even mean at this point? I guess having an affair is like, should I sleep with her is what he's asking, because he's already had the emotional affair. Yeah, I mean, what does that mean if he's completely disabled for three years, but... I don't, want to, I don't want to say that people who are completely disabled can't have sex, but like, what does that mean? Like, what, what's going on with him? She has to be on top. Mmm. Adventurous. Morally speaking, I have to say, not worth it. If you only had three years, three months to live, Paul? I don't know. How good is you the sex go seek really out- going to be? 
Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> the title made it seem much funnier to me than it ended up being. It ended up being way too emotional. But <laughs> well, that's what I was saying is how, like you mentioned it before, but like, how do you feel like the backstory just feels so written by somebody else? <laughs> This does seem like uh, Nicholas Sparks. I guess his are a little bit more hopeful, but I don't know. Yeah. And wait, so now she's 58? She divorced once and then never got married again? I thought he got divorced. No, no, because he said he should have married or he should have dated her after she got divorced. But he had nothing to offer her. He was just a street rat. Oh, and then later he married unsuccessfully, divorced, drifted, found a second wife. Mm hmm. Also, he does have to. Put into this equation that it's a pity, I love you. I still don't really narratively understand where that, when that happened, or what brought that about, or like what I think, like it. at his deathbed, people are coming to visit him, have emotional talks with him about his life. He, he also doesn't, he doesn't explain much about how much he's kept in contact with her throughout the years, too. I imagine a lot is the vibe I'm getting based on the fact that she said, I love you. Hmm. It wasn't like that episode of Scrubs where he said, I love you, and she was looking at a uh, album of you two, and she said, I love you too. No, I don't. I, that would be an easy way out of this situation. It wouldn't be an easy way out. She just really likes Bono. Man, a guy can really see a hot woman when he's 11 and be down bad for life. I mean, they were siblings for for that whole time. Yeah, but like, you know, they adopted him unofficially. So I I don't know. He was around the house a lot. I don't think it's something. Yeah, sort he of was creepy. like a hide in, uh, in that 70s show. Exactly. You don't think it's a pity I love you? You think she genuinely loves him? Like in a romantic sort of way? Or a, like sort of familial, like we've known each other? How does he know that it's not, like, I want to know if this conversation was explicit, that it's not like a familial I love you and yeah, that's a what romantic I'm saying. I love you. I want to know how much of it was him passing her a note that says, do you like me or do you like like me? <laughs> but it was spelled really wobbly, you know, because of all the disabilities he has. I don't know why you had to include that. <laughs> I say just stick with the with the regular wife. She seems cool. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. You said he only has three months to live. He should do what makes him happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering everybody's showing you all this pity, right time to ask for a threesome? Ooh, Paul, come on now. Not a bad idea. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with the angle that I'd be gross. But <laughs> no, I think it's a cool idea. I like that you just got a little smirk and twinkle in your eye. It looked that at me like, like you're finally proud of me for the first time in yeah. your life. I like where your head's at for once. What does it also mean? Like, I never dreamed we could be like, you aren't going to be dating for three months. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it sounds like this kid grew up in like medieval Italy <laughs> and that. <laughs> Now he's like a little Shakespearean playwright. It's the truest of true loves. <laughs> it is very Shakespearean, right? Like, nobody feels love like this anymore. Not in today's age, I'll tell you what. Except unless it's towards their iPhone. Unless they're swiping. <laughs> Sorry. Got unless they're ethically non-monogamous. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I'm unethically non-monogamous. <laughs> I, I, I would swipe on that profile. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> someone put that on there. Not because I cheat. Um, I'm actually very honest about how many partners I have. I'm just an asshole in other ways. Just a very unethical. I'll steal from you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'll steal from you while having a very open dialogue about my other partners and where we stand. Um. Yeah, I don't know if I have much else. Do you want to just see what Wendy has to say? Sounds good. All right. I think that if hearing Sylvia tell you she loves you after 30 years of waiting... Even though you never believed she'd love you back, and you never ever tried to pursue her when you were available, including after her divorce, and then after your divorce, if hearing her tell you she loves you is the peace your soul needed in your dying months, fine. Take the peace and be glad for it. But don't pursue your moment or your memory now. Whose memory is your potential love affair with Sylvia going to be when you're dead? It will be your wife's who has loved you all these years and cared for you through your terminal illness and your years of being completely disabled. What about the peace her soul needs? What about the memories she deserves to help comfort her when you're gone? Don't let additional mm. pain and grief be the legacy you leave. Let the peace you feel from Sylvia's expressed love, in addition to the love and care you feel from your wife of all these years, be enough. 
Don't give your wife more to process on top of her grief by having an affair in the very end. The narrative you've told yourself all this time hasn't changed anyway. You still have no future with Sylvia. Please give your wife the time and attention you have left as the love you feel now from Sylvia brings you additional comfort in your final months. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Wendy hit it out of the park. I was kind of already yeah. angling that direction, but she put it in very clear terms. She put it in no uncertain terms. Now that I've read it, I feel like there's no other answer. She made that very obvious. One of the better answers mm. I've ever seen on this pod. Hey, there you go. Two two good answers today. Three good answers. Yeah. I think last time we had Dear Wendy on, we made fun of her because she talked about finding out her her uncle or grandfather with a zoophile. yeah. And that yeah. was really funny, but this answer is very mm-hmm. good in comparison. Which, if you're in, if you're into the uh, big facts, no cap lore, that's when I started calling our audience big fact freaks because uh, many people expressed uh, a lack of emotion about learning that <laughs> her grandfather was a zoophile. <laughs> yeah, people were like, "Y'all thought that was crazy." Mm. Everybody has that moment where they learned their grandfather's a zoophile. That's just a part of growing up. Mm-hmm. That's what white people are like. They say shit like that. <laughs> Exactly. Alright, on to the third. On to the third. Okay, here we go. This is an article that Paul found from OneBuzzFeed.com, and it's centered around the kernel of an idea that I had of, hey, you guys remember when people used to make fun of Cosmo for having bad sex advice? Yeah, which nobody uh, does anymore, so for our younger audience... That was like a big I mean, joke in the yeah. like, in the two thousands. Was like, look at how crazy what Cosmo said about sex is. We didn't find a good uh, listing of all of those crazy pieces of advice, but we found uh, seventeen times magazines gave advice that absolutely nobody should listen to: sex, fashion, food, all of the bad advice from Christopher Hudspeth. Paul, do you want to go through these and react to these? Yeah, let's do it. All the bad, making love advice. That's how this counts as a as a third segment about love. This one's for helping out our boys for when you guys get into the boudoir. You ready? Yeah. Number one, this creepy advice for sneakily trying to figure out someone's penis size. Want to know how your man stacks up? You can't exactly bring a ruler to bed, but you can accidentally drop a sharpie in his lap. The average erect penis measures 12.7 centimeters, about the length of the iconic marker. Wait, what? By the way, I clicked on the link, and this is an advice from the from the physical printing of a Cosmo magazine. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, I don't I don't know what that means. Like you're supposed to look at the imprint of his dick. Like, I think he yeah. might be wearing his pants too tight. If this helps, yeah, it's he's supposed to. So twelve point seven centimeters. The erect. Oh, the average erect penis. Yeah. Presumably, he's not going to be hard unless he has a Sharpie fetish. Oh, what if he does have a Sharpie fetish? Well, you'll get more information. What if you can't afford a Sharpie and you have to, like, get an (laughs) off-brand? And you can't afford a ruler to figure out what size the off-brand is? Yeah. Well, if you can't buy the the, the name brand. Yeah, this one really just makes no sense. Maybe the implication is that when you then very quickly, you drop accidentally drop a sharpie in his lap are you supposed to when you're going to grab the sharpie kind of grope him this just sounds like a sex crime (laughs) no 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 use the sharpie to make a little (laughs) line on his pants that's the length of the sharpie that way later when you guys are getting hot and heavy you know all right let's just go to number two because i'm more confused and confounded i think that's how a lot of these things are gonna go uh, do you want to do this one? Yeah, sure. Oral sex advice that runs on Duncan. Okay, let me click on this, see what the advice is from. Oh, this one's also from a paper copy of Cosmo magazine. They it, they seemingly source a lot of these from the subreddit, Shit Cosmo Says. Oh, we should have just done that, damn. Glazed donut. Gently stick his penis through the hole of a glazed donut, then nibble around it, stopping to suck him once in a while. The sugary texture of your tongue will add an interesting new dimension. I kind of like this one. You like it? I mean, as a diabetic, I couldn't do it, but I would like to receive it. It seems like it would be more pleasurable for the other person. I feel like I would just get jealous that they get a snack. Yeah, well, when you eat her out, <laughs> you put a glazed donut. 
all the way up in her pussy. <laughs> as deep as it could go. Paul, it's not that kind of show. I know. I feel like we really came out of left field yeah. on today's episode. Yeah, We've no, never done this type of shit I... before. Oh my god. Uh, you want to do number three? This crazy, colorful suggestion. Try this kinky... Tr- oh, let me see what the shore she is real quick. <clears throat> This is also from Shit Cosmo Says. This might also just be a, a Cosmo <laughs> column then. Um, try this kinky trick. Color your nipples with crazy colored lipstick like sparkly purple. Bonus points if it's yummy. He'll love the shocking, sexy change in scenery. Okay, so they really were just like a publication that needed to like fill pages. Yeah, probably. You see, they probably had a quota, and it probably sold better when it sounded crazy and wild, because, I mean, it's like you can mm. giggle about Like, what we're doing now is part of the entertainment of writing something that weird. Yeah, but, like, also part of it, and I know this from certain people, comedians that I know, like, were teenage girls and boys reading this being like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's a very creative <laughs> idea. What? Oh, you think purple nipples are bad? Is lipstick edible? I mean, it goes on your lips. It's not like it's going to be toxic. I, I feel like that'd be a safety hazard. Toothpaste goes in your mouth, but you still can't swallow a bunch of it. <laughs> hey, you can't swallow a bunch of it, but you could swallow a, you could swallow you could swallow a nipple's worth of toothpaste. No, you know, there's a lot of variation in size of nipples and areolas. Okay. Next up, we have another Cosmo submission. I mistook. The subreddit shit Cosmo says for meaning actually shit Cosmo says. Turns out this one is from oh, seventeen. Generalized. Uh, okay. Link in the description. Your flirtationship with the hottie and chem just started heating up. Don't let it fizzle out over the summer. On the last day of school, as you're saying bye, lean in and smear some shaving cream on his face. Say, <laughs> say sorry. Had to do it for the vine. Enlist his pal to film it. You'll win cool girl points for the best end of your prank, and he'll start scheming cute ways to get back at you over break. Was that a famous vine? I don't think that was a famous vine. They're coming up with their own new vines. What? A, this is this is Winston from New Girl territory. Like, <laughs> what do you think a prank is? <laughs> and then kick him in the shin. <laughs> and steal his dog and keep it all summer so he thinks of you. I had to do it for the vine. Did you ever do something for the vine, Paul? I did not ever do anything for the vine. I once paid money for a pack of red vines. I once was reading Tarzan and he was swinging from vines. Is that relevant to our current <laughs> conversation? Um, yeah, no, that's horrible. That's crazy that it was on Seventeen magazine. That's such a... That sounds very Seventeen. Which is the one that, Teen Vogue is the one that's like weirdly mm. political and like old ladies read it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> not Seventeen. Kind of cool one. No. Alright, so this advice that involves uttering the words, damn, your pecs are so hard. Uh, this is from, from Cosmo. From Cosmo Kramer. Ways to become a legendary flirt. Trip, fall against a man's chest and say, damn, your pecs are so hard. I feel like I was falling into a wall. That would work on me. I'm very vain. Yeah. You think if someone fell on your chest, they wouldn't be like, damn, you so hairy. <laughs> I think if somebody fell on my chest, they would bounce back really quickly. They'd be like, damn, you so bouncy. It's like a trampoline. <laughs> damn, you got some extra cushion for the pushing. That was comfortable. My damn, you built like a tempur I felt like I just hit a marshmallow. I want to take a little nibble. <laughs> this weird solution to deciding between two potential love interests. So next up, we have one. Also, publication not clear. The advice is, if the problem is that two hot guys who are also roommates are hitting on you, you have to pick one fast, no pressure. Here's what you do, Adrian. Look down, go with the guy whose feet whose feet are pointed towards yours, and who your feet point towards as well. This is a sign that you connect on a deeper level. So body language experts, that's what we're getting. Yeah, which... It's been a really oddly we- big discourse recently that body language yeah. experts are bullshit. I mean, I'm surprised it took people that long to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I concur. Yeah, honestly, this is the most offensive one to me so far. Yeah. What if you have one? What if you're pigeon toed? You love yourself the most. Is that what pigeon toed means? I thought it was yeah. When you're kind of like pointed towards. It. That would just point diagonally across the room. 
Your, your feet aren't going to point towards you unless you have curled up toes or something. <laughs> Uh, okay, this is an unclear publication. Oh, from an old women's magazine. Lose weight. Carve your name into a potato and peel it as you picture yourself losing weight. Say, I am slim, I am fit, I'm getting rid of it. Perform this potato ritual every time you feel tempted to overindulge. What What, what if my, what if the food that I'm gaining weight eating is, is baked potatoes? It's not telling you to cook the potatoes. I know. Oh, you like, what? You're just going to waste these potatoes? Yeah, it's a voodoo potato. Get out of here. All right. I thought that seemed like good advice. This very bad advice that sounds like it was written by a toxic high school couple. It's a bitch tip. I don't know what magazine that's from, but it sounds like a a Cosmo thing. It's so annoying when your guy will only text you and refuses to talk to you on the phone. Break his textaholic habit by calling him in response to every message he sends. Eventually, he'll have to pick up to avoid the constant incoming calls. Tell him you're going on a texting strike until he agrees to have the verbal phone conversations occasionally. Since he knows how frustrating it is when someone won't communicate the way he wants to, he should be willing to compromise. That must have been, like, in 2006. I can't imagine any time past that somebody not thinking that that advice is psychotic. What do you mean? I'm always in favor of people going on strike to get what they want. That sounds like a real how-to-lose-a-man type advice. Mm. I don't really go with stuff this confrontational, but I guess this is a bitch tip, so. You have to remember that it's a bitch tip, yeah. <laughs> it's a bitch tip. All right, Adrian. Next up, we got uh, another piece of Cosmo advice. Uh, this is number six from a listicle of advice. Press a fork, firmly, but don't break the skin or anything, into different parts of his body. His butt cheeks, his pecs, his thighs. Uh, what do you think about that one? Talk about feeling like a piece of meat. I'm glad they said not firmly enough to break skin. I, I think that was really noble mm-hmm. of them to add that part in case they didn't and some girl would just yeah, start- very noble of it. <laughs> started stabbing the shit out of her boyfriend. I feel like this would be more fun to do with like a tenderizing mallet. I was gonna say, this sounds like sh- you're trying to tenderize your boyfriend or partner. Mm-hmm. Why a fork? I really think that this this feels like a Kaiser Soze type thing, where the person writing these articles is just looking around the room, and like, <laughs> what if we could use that for sex? That's true. Ooh, okay, now we're getting into the hot and heavy shit. This tip for a sex maneuver, and the link doesn't actually link to it. Oh, here we go. Okay, so this is Cosmo, again. This tip for a sex maneuver that sounds like a twisty, dangerous disaster waiting to happen. The Dirty Dreidel. A plus name, first of all. Start on top, then swing your right leg over his torso and swivel around to reverse cowgirl. Just make sure you're not dry and ready. And dreidel, you will play. This sounds more like a move to switch sex positions. No, no, no. This is like a finisher. (laughs) I, I, I think it's a fine thing to do. You shouldn't keep doing it. It doesn't seem like it'd be pleasurable like over and over it seems like you're switching from one position to another yeah i think there's gotta be an easier way to do that if you want to just spin continuously like <laughs> like a dreidel like a top honestly that sounds horrifying <laughs> sounds like the chafing oh. would be horrible the dirty dreidel the dirty is that anti-semitic dreidel. probably Didn't they just call this the beyblade i didn't name it though let's make that clear let it rip <laughs> <laughs> all right next up we have another piece of cosmo advice column on how to give a better BJ. Oh, I like how Scarlett Johansson's the picture for this one. The first rule about piping his piper is to do it. The second rule is to make eye contact with your man as you do it. This tip is so simple, yet so important, and so often forgotten. As you get to work, look up at him in the most sexy, sultry, Scarlett Johansson way-like way, and hold his gaze for a few seconds while you sexily lip your lips. It seems like you're treating him to something extra special. Happy holidays to him. Oh, I guess they published this around Christmas time. Um, that's that that's good advice. advice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All are in agreement <laughs> on that one. Also, if you have a donut, you could... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then if you're like... Uh, if you yeah, have a donut, you, know, you can give it to him to eat, so... I want to be inclusive to everybody. If you have any kind of uh, issue where you don't like making on- eye contact with people, just two googly eyes, kind of like on your forehead. <laughs> But then you know he'll think about everything everywhere all at once and get emotional. Oh, it's true. Start crying. (laughs) If you're a guy and you're receiving, should you look down and lick your lips? 
Yeah. If you're a guy receiving from another guy, should you both be looking at each other Scarlett Johansson-like and licking your lips? Probably, yeah. You don't want to do it Colin Joe style, I'll tell you that. All right, Adrian. Um, Big facts and no cap, get out of here. Yeah, sounds good to me. What did we learn today? Big fact. Love is about recording a podcast with your boy and getting nasty. Mm. My, 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 my no cap is uh, that if you're not willing to give grilled cheese, you shouldn't expect to receive a grilled cheese. I agree. Unless one mm-hmm. of you just doesn't like grilled cheese, then you can do asymmetric grilled cheeses. Or if you guys are like, yeah, lactose intolerant, or yeah, you know, or if you're low carb like me, I don't want to grill cheese all the time because like low carb bread sucks, and like I don't really like eat re- real bread like that. No quick kid in my bed, I can have that. I want that long neck, not talking giraffe neck. Ain't no laying down, man. We about to have late fun. I'm about to make your ball stick up like space buns. Want your dick soak? Place it down my throat. Tongue tickle your dick, but not telling a joke. That's how you rock a boat. It get live in this pussy. I'm not talking periscope. In the sheets, I am a bully. Get more hit than a hoodie. Every time you make me come, it looks just like vanilla pussy. Sit on your face all day until you say it hurt me. Then I turn around and get a dick. More kisses than Hershey's. Your dick brick hard like a metal. I got three holes for it like a pretzel. Tight as a virgin, boy, don't get nervous. I'm here to serve you customer service. I say dick by giving it CPR. I say dick by giving it CPR. Put my mouth on it like CPR. Let's make porn and watch it on VCR. I think we should fuck up in every zip code. It will make my pussy wetter than a fishbowl. Pussy a kitty cat, I pet it like a pet. Fuck doggy style so much, I need to go to the vet. Hot box more like a scorcher pussy. Open this coochie up like a fortune cookie. 